to Love Works with Chris and Karen Conley. This is Karen, and I am here in studio with my husband, Chris Conley, who is also founding and lead pastor of High Point Church in Memphis, Tennessee. We are so glad to be with you today, and we are in the midst of a series on the topic of the Holy Spirit. In some of our previous recordings, we've had the opportunity to get a working definition. Who is the Holy Spirit? What does he do? Why does this matter? That's where we're going to pick up today. And the reason why we're talking about it is the Holy Spirit to most people is the forgotten God. The Holy Spirit is mysterious. So we want to make this topic as clear as possible because the Holy Spirit is the key to our growth in Christ. There's the Trinity, God, the Father, God, the Son, and God, the Holy Spirit. Why would we neglect one member? I believe God wants us to be clear I believe the enemy wants us to have confusion. Our hope is that as you're listening to this series, that you'll walk away with a great understanding and a greater appreciation of the Holy Spirit. And we kind of have this working definition that we have been going from in the previous podcast. And I just want to refresh our listeners' memory on that. We talked about how the Holy Spirit reveals Christ to us, forms Christ in us, and empowers the mission of Christ through us. And so that's kind of the big picture. And then we've broken it down into kind of five key actions. So if you just look at the verbs in this definition, he reveals. The Holy Spirit reveals. He reveals Scripture. He has given us the ability to understand Scripture. He's throwing light upon Scripture. And then he indwells us. So when Christ went back to heaven to be with the Father, he gave us the gift of the Holy Spirit. And he is in us, not just with us. He indwells us. And then third, he forms Christ in us, the likeness of Christ. In forming the likeness of Christ, he does that through what we call sanctification, guidance, and then the distribution of all the gifts. Not only does he indwell us, but he empowers us. Unfortunately, there are far too many Christ followers today who feel empty and they feel weak. They feel like they're always battling failure in one way or another and that they're not growing. But the purpose of the Holy Spirit is to empower us. The dominant characteristic of the Holy Spirit throughout the book of Acts is boldness. Then finally, he unifies the church, that it is the Holy Spirit indwelling in you, indwelling in me, indwelling in others that points all of us to Christ and makes us about one thing and one thing only, and that's loving God. I'm a person that likes to have order and I'm visual. And so as you're walking through those five different things, I'm just imagining kind of five boxes across the top. And where we are, we've spent the first two sessions really talking about how the Holy Spirit does reveal Christ to sinners. And then our last two sessions, we really talked about this whole idea of the Holy Spirit indwelling us at the point of salvation permanently. So our time today is really going to be focused on that third idea, the fact that the Holy Spirit forms Christ in us. And there are really three ways that we see that. We see him doing that through growth, through guidance, and through gifting. Help us understand this whole role that the Holy Spirit has in our growth as a believer. Well, when we think about growth, we are either in the flesh or in the spirit. The only way that we are going to grow, that we're going to walk with Christ, that we're going to live a life that is about progress, it's about movement, is if we are walking by the Spirit. 
Galatians, Galatians chapter 5, is really one of the most comprehensive passages of Scripture about the Spirit of God. In verse 22, it says, the fruit of the Spirit. So we're going to see the results of the Spirit. The fruit is the results of the Spirit. Because if we go back to John chapter 15, we also see that apart from Christ, we can do nothing. But with Christ, we see that there's fruit, more fruit, and much fruit. So here, the way that we abide in Christ is through the Spirit of God. And the way that we bear fruit is through the Spirit of God. And so it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there's no law. Verse 24, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh. Begin, there's no middle ground. We're either living in the flesh or in the Spirit. There's not a neutral So if you belong to Christ Jesus, you're killing the flesh with its passions and desires because the flesh has its own set of passions and desires. But the spirit has its own set of passions and desires. It's God's passions and desires. And it says in verse 25, if we live by the spirit, let us also walk by the spirit. Why would we be inconsistent? How can we be born by the spirit, but yet refuse to walk by the Spirit. Naturally, we are born by the Spirit. That's our salvation. And then walking by the Spirit is the way that we grow. The theological term for that is it's our sanctification. It's how Christ is formed in us. If you have been in church any length of time, you've probably heard that list quoted of all the fruit of the Spirit. So in a really practical sense, if we're saying, really, what is my orientation to the Holy Spirit? You can use that really kind of as a gut check to say, okay, do I see these things in my life? Am I seeing joy and love and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control? And if you're not, that should be a flag to you, particularly in the context of this conversation, that maybe I really don't have an awareness of the Holy Spirit in my life. Number one, am I a believer? Have I had that salvation? But number two, I can think of so many believers, really that would be an area to go, I don't see those things in my life. Okay, well then maybe that means you need to go back and have a greater understanding of who he is. Far too often, we make the leading of the Holy Spirit too difficult to discern. The question is, well, how do I know if I'm being led by the Spirit or not? Well, when you sense that there is something, there's this guidance, there's this, the spirit of God. People may not understand it to be the spirit of God. They may think it's just their conscience. But when you feel led in some way to love someone, to be kind to someone, to be nice to someone, if anything that you're feeling prompted to do is consistent with the fruits of the spirit, trust that that is the spirit of God leading you. If the spirit of God is leading you in any way that's positive and it's consistent with God, his character, consistent with his word, consistent with his ways, then simply go, I trust that that is the spirit of God leading me and prompting me to be used by him according to his purposes. And what is so amazing about that is that's not something that just in our flesh happens. That's something that honestly, the Holy Spirit is prompting you to even have that awareness of. But if you do it once, And then you do it again. You realize that the more you're willing to engage the Holy Spirit, the more sensitive you become and the more you realize how active he really is in our life. Well, it's just like you and I as husband and wife. 
there is verbal communication and there's nonverbal communication. And because we've been married over 20 years now, we can anticipate what one another's thinking. We can look at one another's body language and kind of know what kind of day it has been or not. You grow in a relationship with the Holy Spirit in the exact same way. You begin to learn the language of the Holy Spirit. You begin to have the mind of Christ. And so in that way, again, it becomes fairly obvious. If it's negative, probably not from God. Let's not confuse, though. Conviction is from God. But conviction is not negative. Conviction is actually positive. It's correcting, but it's positive. It's correcting to bring us into alignment with the heart of God and the will of God. But if it's negative or if it's it's something critical or if it's something condemning in some way, then no, that's the spirit of the flesh. But if it is consistent with the heart of God, the character of God, the word of God, just trust that to be the spirit of God leading you. If we're talking about how one of the ways that the Holy Spirit forms the likeness of Christ in us is through growth, that's good to know. But like, how does the Holy Spirit do that? How does the Holy Spirit really cause growth or sanctification in us? Three primary ways. The Holy Spirit leads us, and we'll talk more about that in just a moment when we get to guidance. The Holy Spirit grows us, he guides us, and then he gifts us, okay? So in a moment, we'll spend more time talking about leading when we talk about guiding. But he leads us, then he corrects us. Well, correction is conviction. And conviction is something that it's the Spirit of God saying, no, that's not consistent with who I am. No, that's not what a child of mine does. No, that's not how a child of mine acts toward others. So the conviction is that the Spirit of God is correcting us, but he's correcting us for the purpose of making us more like Christ. He's correcting us for the purpose of righteousness. We have gone from an unrighteous person to a righteous person in Christ. And now he is always using the Spirit of God to point us in the direction of righteousness and to correct us of unrighteousness. And then the third thing he does is he invites us to participate in his mission. He invites us to, when we follow him, guess what he's going to do? He's going to be loving people. When we follow him, he's going to be proving that love works. When we follow him, he's going into all the world and making disciples. And so he's inviting us to be on mission with him. He's inviting us to use the gifts that he has given us for the greater good of the body, to make a difference for the glory of God and for the good of people. I'm sitting here thinking about a conversation that I had with our son earlier this morning as we were on our way to school. And it was one of those mornings where it was late and we got a late start out of the house. And that's been a little bit of a reoccurring problem. And the question to me was, Mom, why do you care if I'm late? It's my tardies. You know, you don't have to own that kind of conversation. And I said, well, you know, Mark, one of the reasons that God puts a parent in your life is because there are habits that you are forming now. These are important traits that you're not late to your job when you have your first job. And you may not understand why it's important right now, but I promise it's something that's important that becomes built in you. And in some ways, I think as grown human beings, we can make the Holy Spirit and conviction and all that seem like we don't get it. 
And sometimes, you know what, there's going to be a conviction and we may not even totally understand why we are sensing that's not a place to go or why we're sensing that's not something that we should do or why God is bringing up something that we've done so many times before. But now for some reason, you're just having the sense you shouldn't be doing it. And to go, you know what, just in the same way that a parent will go, you know what, you may not understand this, but that's something you need to pull back from or that's something you need to learn from. The Holy Spirit can do those same things with us. And sometimes we just need to obey those promptings, even though we can't necessarily pinpoint as to why this is so important. It's so important that the Holy Spirit is not an it. You can't trust an it. The Holy Spirit is a person, and it's the third person of the Trinity. So when you trust the person of the Holy Spirit, then you don't always have to know why on the front end. And you're just simply trusting that that correcting, that convicting is for our good that we might share in his holiness. As you were talking about that illustration with Mark and how you care as a parent, I think that's another beautiful picture. I think God gives us certain relationships in life that teach us who the Holy Spirit is and models for us what the Holy Spirit does in our life. Parents are really a type of the Holy Spirit to children. And so before a child can fully understand who God is or has a relationship with God, the parent is playing the role Mm -hmm. of the Holy Spirit in the life of that child. A parent's helping grow the child, parents helping guide the child, and the parent notices the gifting of the child and begins to encourage the child and point the child toward their gifting. So it's remarkable to see how God the Father is always caring for us and teaching us how to have a personal relationship with him by also other human relationships. Well, in this whole journey, sometimes believers will be waiting on God as if God has to do something. And yet you also have those times where God is waiting on you. And so in that same kind of parallel, what is our role in the growth process versus the Holy Spirit's role in our growth and our sanctification process? The Holy Spirit's role is always leading and our role is always following. Very simple. He leads we follow. He prompts us. We listen. And when we listen, we don't listen and go, do I like that or not? Just like sometimes our kids do, like they listen to the parents and they go, ah, you know, I don't know that I agree with that. I don't know that I want to do that. And so therefore I'm not going to do that. No, his role is to lead. Our role is to follow. His role is to speak. Our role is to listen and then trust and then obey. So we've got to learn how to hear the voice of God. And what the voice of God does is he always speaks consistent with the word of God. And then he speaks consistent with the heart of God. I call it the five second rule. You'll hear us talk about this all the time in this subject of the Holy Spirit. We have a five second rule. Typically, when the Spirit of God is prompting you, leading you, guiding you, speaking in some way, you have about five seconds to discern and go, okay, is that consistent with the person of God. Yes. Is that consistent with his word? Yes. Is that consistent with his ways? Yes. Then I need to obey this. I need to trust and obey. And if you sit there and you kind of wait longer than five seconds and you delay, then it's that perfect example of where delayed obedience becomes disobedience. And you'll probably never go back and obey. Listen, follow, obey. All of that requires a humility. All of that requires us to know that we're not in control, that we don't always know what's best. Sometimes as adults, 
we get so used to being in the role of making decisions and being in charge that that really is something that should cause some conviction. As I'm sitting here thinking, you know, I'm so often telling my children or leading other people and wanting them to listen, to follow and obey. Well, that word humility, I would say it is a dominant characteristic of the Holy Spirit in our life. The only time Jesus in Scripture in Matthew chapter 11 where Jesus gives two characteristics of himself. He describes himself. He says that he's meek and humble in heart. Meek is strength under control. And then he's humble in heart. That Jesus describes himself as humble. And what we see is that if we're going to grow in our Christ likeness, then the Spirit of God is going to produce humility in us. And it's humility because we have to acknowledge that he is Lord. And the word Lord means owner and ruler. So he owns us because he purchased us with his blood. That gives him the right to rule us, which means we need to submit ourselves, surrender ourselves, and we need to see that he's the great I am, mm-hmm. which obviously means we're the great I am not, and we need to take a position of humility in our role of following Christ, walking by the Spirit. Maybe you're listening today and humility is not your thing. That really is maybe a battle that you have to remember that at salvation, you were given the Holy Spirit who indwells in you. So there is humility in you. There is. It may need to be developed. But to be able to say, I need the Holy Spirit to even help me have the humility to follow the human. Well, and in that, the Holy Spirit gives you the ability to humble yourself. The thing about humility is scripture says time and time again, humble yourself. It's a command. It's something that we need to acknowledge that our tendency in the flesh is to exalt ourselves, versus in the spirit, we need to humble ourselves. So again, if we go back and we look at what the Holy Spirit does, he grows us and he guides us. But in guiding us, that requires humility because typically I want to be behind the driver's seat. I want to have the steering wheel in my hand. Well, and that's a perfect lead in to that second area. We're talking about how the Holy Spirit is forming Christ likeness in us. And he does that through the growth. And we talked about both our role and his role in that. But then there is this whole issue of guidance. And what does that really look like as we as believers are trying to understand the Holy Spirit? First of all, it's why we're doing this podcast on the Holy Spirit. We have to believe this is the job of the Holy Spirit to guide us, that we weren't left to guide ourselves. When we do that, we can see example after example in Scripture where it says that the Spirit of God was leading them. In Romans eight fourteen, it says this, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. So the distinguishing characteristic, a way to discern whether someone is a child of God or not, are they led by the Spirit of God or are they led by the flesh? Galatians 5.18 says, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now, when you look at that word led, it is a present tense form of the Greek verb. What it means is lead is implying an ongoing, regular pattern of activity in the lives of believers. Now, here's where pride gets in the way. 99.9% of us don't think we need an ongoing, regular pattern (laughs) of activity from the Holy Spirit in our life. We think, I got it. I'm mature enough. None of us are mature enough apart from the Holy Spirit. Regardless of our age, 
We need the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And I don't think that can be overstated. It is a blessing to be raised in the church and to have that upbringing. But that moment that we become self-sufficient in our mind or we think we've arrived, we think we only have things to give others and we don't need the Holy Spirit's guidance is a dangerous place to be. And it's a place we become ineffective. When I think about that Maybe share, Karen, just a little bit. There's a lady in our life who's gone on to be with the Lord. Her name's Lillian. And how at her advanced age, how much she was still led by the Spirit and dependent upon the guidance of the Spirit. Share just a little bit of her influence and what we learned from her about modeling that. Well, I remember we were living in Ohio at the time when I met Lillian, and actually she came to one of the classes that you were teaching on spiritual growth. She was, I guess at that point in her mid-70s, I guess. At least. Maybe even a little bit older than that. Her husband was homebound. He was not well physically and so she would come and at that day and age she had a little tape recorder she didn't really keep up with technology but it worked well for her and so she still brought her little tape recorder and she would record your class that you taught multiple times and she would come multiple times on a sunday morning and she would take it home and she would play it for her husband and and that was kind of how we got to know her but i learned to just so respect her because even though there were many physical things she could not do anymore. And though her age had reduced some of her productivity in the world's measure, I saw in her a willingness to be still before the Lord and then respond to him. And she did. She followed the promptings of the Holy Spirit. And it was such a picture. I thought, this is how I want to age. I want to be like Lillian when I'm 85. I want to have just that sensitivity to the Lord and know that he still is active and alive in me and has plenty of ways that he can use me if I'm sensitive, if I'm humble. And she was hungry. Mm -hmm. She was humble, but she was hungry and she was constantly discerning the guidance of the Holy Spirit because after we left Ohio and we came here to start High Point Church, she would frequently call you Mm -hmm. and she would talk about the ways the Lord has prompted her to pray for us. And she would say, I can take shorthand. Okay. (laughs) And she would ask for all those prayer requests. And you know what? Only the Spirit of God, I mean, we were 500 miles apart, can prompt someone and call someone to bow their knee, to pray for other people, and to pray for a movement of God to occur in another part of the world. It's just remarkable. She was a pastor's wife. So just that picture of humility, sometimes you can just think, well, I know God's Word and I'm doing just fine. Now, if you always are sensitive to His Spirit, then you're going to be at a place where God can continue to use you. As we talk about guidance, let me just just give a couple things from Galatians again and just show how they speak to guidance. Galatians 5, verse 16, it says, but I say walk by the Spirit. Well, that's guidance. The Spirit is walking ahead of us. We're having to discern, and then we have to follow. It says, if you walk by the Spirit, you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So again, There is the spirit, there is the flesh, there's not a third, there's not a neutral, it's one or the other. And you will be led by the flesh if you're not led by the spirit. So that's where that guidance is all important. But then if I drop down in verse 18, it says, but if you are led by the spirit, you're not under the law. Then it says, now the works of the flesh are evident. Now, it goes on to share with us what all those works of the flesh are. He says they're evident. They're very visible. They're very noticeable. But I want us also know the works of the Spirit are evident. 
we need not let just the works of the flesh be evident. We need to be guided by the Spirit in such a way that the works of the Spirit are evident of love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. And then when we do that, we're growing in Christ. When we do that, we're guided by Christ. And then there's that third category of we are gifted by Christ. Now, what we'll do in this next podcast is the giftedness of Christ is like a big, big topic. Lots of confusion. We're going to dive into that for a couple of sessions. And we're going to try to answer every possible question you have about what are your spiritual gifts? How do we use our spiritual gifts? What's the purpose of spiritual gifts? And that will allow us to kind of wrap this up and see that the Holy Spirit grows us, guides us, and gifts us. That brings this particular session to a close. If you want more information on our ministries, I encourage you to check out our blogs at chrisconley.net or karenconley.com or check out highpointmemphis.com. But whatever you do, please remember that love God plus love people equals love works. 